This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest is Chris McDougall, author of Running with Sherman, The Donkey with the Heart of a Hero. Listeners might be familiar with his other books, including the bestseller Born to Run. Welcome back to our program. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Tell us about Sherman, your ailing rescue donkey, and how you two met up. It was a weird thing. You know, usually when I start writing something, I know what I'm going to write. I, I know there's a story there. So the idea comes first, and then I start to research it and write it. This is the one time in my life I was actually living the experience before I realized that this was going to turn into something else. Sherman was a donkey who was being held in a very small stall about the size of a closet by someone who lives near us in rural Pennsylvania. We live out in a place called Peach Bottom. And we got wind of the fact that this donkey was being kept by this hoarder in this little dungeon. And we decided we want to try and rescue him and take him home. So that was it. We didn't have any experience with donkeys or horses. We have a small little five-acre hobby farm in Pennsylvania. And when we went to see him, we thought, all right, he's coming home with us. He's not staying here anymore. Any trouble with the so-called hoarder giving? You know, the sad thing about these situations is you want to be indignant. You know, you want to throttle them. But at the same time, you can't help but feel sympathy and pain because he doesn't see what's in front of his eyes. So the situation is, you know, we live in in an unusual place. Peach Bottom is almost exclusively populated by Amish and Mennonite farmers. We're one of the very few non-Amish that live there. And one of our neighbors over the hill is an elder in the Mennonite church. And he's the one that knew about this hoarder. And he's the one that told us. So, and he was the one that sort of negotiated the release because this hoarder whose name I don't use deliberately because I, I, I feel bad for him. I know his heart was in the right place, but his brain was somewhere else. Wes is an extraordinarily good and honest guy. This guy does not lie to save his own life, yet he's faced with a situation where the guy does not want to release this donkey. So Wes took his honesty to the very like edge of the cliff, and he said to the hoarder, hey, here's what we're going to do. Why don't you let Chris take this donkey for two years? Two years. We'll give him a shampoo. We'll we'll cut his hooves. And after two years, we'll see what happens. That was Wes's version of like, you know, the the Mideast peace talks. And the hoarder agreed to that. And that was how we were finally able to get him out of that dungeon. How long has he lived with you? He's now been with us for four years, which sometimes feels like 40 years. Because, well, here's the thing about Sherman. We got him, and he was utterly uh, catatonic, shell shocked. His hooves had never been trimmed, so they had grown so long they were like swim fins. He, he couldn't walk. Uh, you imagine like those, um, like a, like a witch's claws. They were so long and curly, he couldn't walk. He couldn't digest his food because he couldn't walk. Uh, equines depend on the churning of their legs to digest their food. So his intestines were impacted. He was full of parasites. He was sick. His teeth were rotting. His fur was was horrible looking. And he'd been in darkness for a long time and alone. So now suddenly he's in a strange place in, in the daylight and we are trying to heal him. So he was he was stunned. But a couple of lucky things happened which changed everything. And the first was... We knew a woman nearby who had a couple of donkeys. So she brought them over, and now Sherman has friends. That was the first thing. 
Um, and the second thing was, I think when he was surrounded by affection and warmth, that little like spark of mischief inside was able to come out, and and then things changed. Well, you've already told us one story about your Amish neighbors. How else did they help you with your family of donkeys? It was a weird thing. that The thing that vexed me the most, I can understand how to treat Sherman physically. We were lucky to have our friend Tanya, who just came blazing in like a tornado. And she's like scrubbing him and shearing him. And her husband, Scott, actually had to trim his hooves with a hacksaw. Like his hooves were so long, Scott had to take a saw to them to cut them down short enough where he could walk again. So the physical healing made sense to me. But then Tanya turned to me and she had the clippers in her hands and she's kind of waving them in my face like a weapon. And she said, now listen, you can't just put this donkey out in the field and leave him alone. He, he needs a purpose. He needs something to do. I'm like, I, I don't have any purpose. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm going to look for gold, you know? <laughs> so I did know that here in Colorado, there's that tradition of burrow racing. So I had this little thought in my head, which I didn't, I didn't tell Tanya at the time. Uh, I wasn't. I was basically afraid of her, but I was thinking to myself, "What if we taught this donkey how to run? Like I like to run every day, and if I, if he can run with me, maybe we'll get somewhere." And I also had another cool card to play, which is that in the Amish community, and you know the Amish, they wear the long black pants, very austere, but there is an Amish running club in our area called Vela Springa, which in Pennsylvania Dutch means "Let's all run." And every month, they do a full moon run. So out where we live, at night, there's no light pollution because there's no there's not, no lights. And there's also no wires. And there's an area called the Valley of No Wires. There's no electric, no phone wires. So in that area, in that bowl of that valley, every month, a different Amish farm will host the full moon run. And a bunch of people get together. And as dusk is settling, your eyes adjust to the dimming light. And so you can run with no lights at all and do a 5- or 10-mile run. And they do this every month, and it's a blast. And we'll do a 10-mile run, and then we'll just eat like a ton of great Amish food, like peach pies and chocolate milk. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, I want to train this donkey how to run. I don't know anything about donkeys. I don't know if he likes to run, but I do have access to an entire club of Amish runners who have been training horses since the 1800s. These are expert horse people, and they're amazing runners. So I hosted one of the full moon runs at my house, and then Sherman was immediately surrounded by this gang of runners who were just super savvy about horse training. And that was like the big breakthrough. Like that night, that full moon changed everything. Sherman began to run and and run for real. Back to the donkeys. At one of the borough races in Colorado, you ran with... One of Sherman's donkey friends, Flower. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge? Was it the air? You know what the funny thing about it was? It didn't feel like a challenge. It's a weird thing to say, but the challenge was getting to the starting line. And once we got to the starting line... You'd done the work. It was like a victory parade. And I remember that day being so fun. But yeah, I felt like... The day we got to that starting line, you're right. The work was done, and now it's time to have a have a party. So, would you agree that uh, there was a boom in interest of barefoot running after Born to Run was published? Yeah, absolutely, there was. But the tricky thing about it is, what you find in the world is, 
Unfortunately, we love to buy things, but we don't necessarily like to learn things. Learning takes time and dedication, and buying is fun. And so what I think the difficulty is, to regain your mobility with your feet, you got to take some time, and uh, there are no toys involved. And so there's a big boom of interest, but it sort of waned where people just kind of moved on to the next sort of fashion accessory. Yeah. So if it's possible that one of the next things might be racing with donkeys alongside, what advice do you have for those runners who want to take it up a notch? I think it's an amazing thing, and you don't necessarily have to have a donkey. A lot of people have dogs. And you know what else there is, too, which is amazing? There are these groups around the country of runners who are volunteering at rescue shelters, and they're being trained how to run safely with shelter dogs. And so they're going for group runs. My friend Luis Escobar, also from Born to Run, he started this program in Santa Barbara. He took his cross-country team to a shelter. The boys were trained how to run safely, boys and girls, with these shelter dogs. And the results have been amazing because now you have these dogs in cages, and now they're outside running for an hour with each other. They love it. They become socialized. They learn the skill, and they're way more adoptable. So anybody who wants to run with a donkey, I would say maybe dial it back a little bit, go to a rescue shelter, and the good karma you're bringing down on yourself, you run with a rescue dog. I have a friend in Philadelphia named Guillermo Torres who does this all the time, and he has a big list, a whiteboard on his house, a number of dogs he has personally gotten adopted because he runs with them. Well, thank you. My guest is Chris McDougall, author of Running with Sherman, published by Knopf. This is Diana Cordier. Thank you so much. That was fun.